You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From ski joring and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. We'll hear from the leading sports dog show stars that are at the top of their game, learning training tips and get the scoop on their secrets to success. So put your paws together and give a tail-wagging welcome to your DSPN host, Lori Williams. Welcome, everybody, to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. I'm your host, Laurie Williams, the owner and director of training and behavior counseling at Pup and Iron Canine Fitness and Learning Center in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Now, most of you may know me from the CBS reality TV show, Greatest American Dog, where my little eight-pound Maltese Andrew and I were able to show the depth of our relationship. Andrew was just incredible as he outshined dogs three and four times his size, stood up to a 9,000-pound elephant, and just showed how wonderful of a dog he is. And that's what this DSPN network is all about. Incredible dogs doing incredible things. Today, we're going to talk about some great performance dogs, and that's confirmation show dogs. Those are the dogs that are chosen to represent their breed in a various dog shows throughout the country, actually throughout the entire world. Some people consider confirmation shows to be nothing more than beauty pageants, but let me tell you, that couldn't be farther from the truth. And today, we are going to have Terry Patton of Felicity Springer Spaniels in Fairfax Station, Virginia, to confer. Terry's been breeding English Springer Spaniels since the early 70s and has been extremely successful in that breed. Most notably, she's produced one of the most decorated English Springer Spaniels in the history of the breed, and that's champion Felicity's Diamond Jim, or James as he's affectionately called. So we're going to chat with Terry about the world of confirmation handling, breeding, and showing, and catch up on what James is up to nowadays. So we'll be right back after this break, and we'll learn all about the world of show dogs. DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network, will be right back with more exciting action and biting commentary right after this quick timeout. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. 
Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your paranormal pet's ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready for game time with your DSPN host, Lori Williams. Welcome back to DSPN, everybody, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. And today we have Terry Patton of Felicity Springer Spaniels with us. Hi, Terry. How are you today? I'm fine, thanks. Thank you for having me on your show. Thanks for being here. You know, one of the things that I always hear people say when we talk about dog shows is they're always talking about the beauty pageants of dog shows. People will watch the confirmation shows on television. You know, most notably, they'll see Westminster and some of the other national dog shows. And those dogs are so great. They make it seem so easy. But people don't really know about all the ins and outs and a lot of the things that go on behind the scenes. So I'm glad that you're here today to really enlighten us about that. Just start off with what exactly is a show dog? Well, a show dog is a dog that has been carefully bred to meet and represent its breed standard. There's a standard for each of the breeds that are registered within the AKC, uh, the American Kennel Club registry system, and that's what the AKC is. It's strictly a registry system, just like the Canadian Kennel Club or the United Kennel Club. But for each breed, there is a breed standard, and there are criteria for each breed that are supposed to be met. And dogs are shown at various dog shows around the country to get a particular judge's opinion of whether their dog represents the breed standard well or not. Um, I like how you brought up about the judge's opinion. (laughs) That particular judge's opinion. And that's something that I really like to make note of because it really is quite subjective, even though there is a breed standard. And we'll go into exactly what the breed standard is. But, you know, it's just, you know, individual judges, one day they might like one look and one dog, and then next day they might like a completely different look. That's correct. And each judge, there's a difference also if you go to an all-breed show, which is where all the, all of the different breeds are represented, the kind of judging that you will get there, because judges are licensed to judge either just one breed or a group of different breeds. A best-in-show judge, for example, would be licensed to judge all the breeds and a best-in-show. If you go to a specialty where only Springer Spaniels, for example, are being shown at that level, you try to to get your dog shown under breeder judges, like myself, for example. In fact, I just judged at our national specialty, at the specialty that's held in conjunction with it, and judged 150 Springers. And to me, it's I'm judging the dog. I'm judging them against the standard. It's not who's at the end of the lead, and sometimes you can run into politics in dogs just like in in any other venue. 
But that's basically it. They have to get 15 points. Of those 15 points, they have to have two major wins, which means either three, four, or five point, and they call them majors. And once they've completed that, then they get their championship, and they get more points the higher the number of dogs there are um, in competition. So if you're at a show, well, you just mentioned at a, at a specialty, or the, mm-hmm. especially the national specialty, where all of the Springer Spaniels across the country are going to come and compete, and you have 150, then certainly a dog right. that ends up being winner's dog, winner's bitch, or best of breed, if it was Correct. a dog from the classes, they would get so many more points than a dog right. that might go to a local dog show where he might only be competing against maybe That's one correct. or two up springs. That's correct. And you get a different, I think that you get a different style of judging with all breed judges. And I'll probably get, I'll probably hear about this after I say it, but that's okay. <laughs> Under all breed judges, I think that you tend to get differences, a lot more differences of opinion in terms of breed type than you would if you were under a breeder judge at a specialty where they are breeders themselves and they have probably a better twist on their interpretation of what the breed standard is. Another thing I want to touch a little bit more, go into a little bit more about the breed standard because that's very important. Um, Most of the shows that a lot of the listeners might watch on television, very often they're watching the groups and Correct. they're not watching the actual breed judging, which is what you and I are talking Correct. about right now. Yeah. So once mm-hmm. the dog gets into the group, and for instance, your Springer Spaniels are in the sporting group right now. Um, yes. I don't know. I know there's some proposed changes that might come up in the future, but let's say right now they're in the sporting group. And so when people at home are watching, they have to remember that the judge is not judging whether the Springer Spaniel is prettier or better groomed than the Irish setter or than the English setter. They're supposed to be seeing which dog in that group best fits or best represents their individual breed standard. That's and that's correct. when it gets a little tricky because we all have our favorites. You know, correct. someone might have an English Springer Spaniel at home. That's their pet. So, of course, they're pulling for the English Springer Spaniel when there might be maybe it's the Irish setter that day that best represents his breed standard. That's correct. And also, like I had mentioned before about the different judges, if in a group where, again, you're, you're seeing different breeds, even though they're within the same group, if that particular judge bred golden retrievers, for example, and he's judging the sporting group, your eye is going to typically migrate towards a golden retriever. That doesn't mean that those are the ones that are always going to be put up. But in my case, I'd probably have a much more critical eye and have a higher standard for that particular dog if I were judging, knowing the breed so well. Right, um, right. I guess it can work to your advantage or disadvantage, depending on who the judge is and uh, what that judge, particular judge has the most knowledge. Now, let's that's talk correct. a little bit more. Um, we kind of threw out there the, the you know, dog showing 101, but if we can, you talked about the 15 points, but let's mm-hmm. kind of go through it again, you know, briefly, just for people who are a little bit new to this. So, you know, I don't even know how many breeds there are representing the American Kennel Club right now? There's approximately 167, I believe it is. Wow, okay. Um, there are so, new ones coming on yeah, deck there's always all new. the time. So you have each of those breeds, 
those individual breeds, they're broken up into groups. And are there seven groups? There are seven groups. Okay, so seven yes, groups, are. which is sporting, working, toy, terrier, hound, non sporting, and herding. I don't know if you had to herding. There you go. So yeah. you have the seven groups, and we already mentioned that English Springer Spaniels are in the sporting group. Um, you know, the, the, sometimes the groups make sense. Out of all the groups, I've always personally thought that the sporting group makes a little bit less sense than some of the others. And the uh, <laughs> non-sporting group really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But at any rate, um, they're broken up into those groups, and that's what most people see when they watch um, a televised dog show, they really don't show all the breed judging. But then each of the winners of the groups are then put up for best in show. And that's Correct. where we want to talk a little bit about James specifically. Tell us a little bit about James and his road to superstardom. Just to backtrack for just a moment, the sporting group, it actually makes a lot of sense to me only because all the dogs in that group are gun dogs. They were bred to be companions first and foremost because they went with their their owners into the field and helped them actually get food for their families, you know, by shooting the ducks or the pheasants or whatever it was that they were after. So if you look at each one of the dogs within that group, it's a purposeful breed. And, in fact, that's why we heal dogs on the left because their guns were usually carried on the right. So that's a little-known fact (laughs) from AKC. But back to the best in show, which you had asked me about for James, That I mean, what a magnificent win that was. He came from Yukonuba, the Invitational, in December before the Garden and had won best in show at the Yukonuba Invitational, which is quite spectacular for many reasons. The Invitational is by invitation only, as, as it suggests, the top 25 in each breed get an invitation and they come and compete at this uh, wonderful venue which has been held in Long Beach, California for the past couple of years. And so it's really the creme de la creme. The, right. the competition is incredibly keen. So he won Best in Show there. We went on to the Garden he won the breed, which was really spectacular because you never take anything for granted, anything. And he won the sporting group under Jeanette McGinnis, which was quite an honor because she's been in dogs for, oh gosh, over 40 years. And her husband, Ray McGinnis, uh, who just passed away recently, was also a judge. And they owned Springers and bred Springers for many years, so that was quite an honor. To see him come on to the best in show floor just to win the breed in the group. He's actually won the breed twice at the Garden. It's a dream like none other. Your heart is racing a mile a minute, and the spotlight is on one little section of the ring, and they announce them, and he absolutely exploded onto the floor. I've never seen him show like that. He was just begging to be put up, and that's what Dr. Robert Indalia, who gave him the best in show, said. He said he owned it. Well, let's talk about that because, uh, you know, I know I hear a lot of times where the commentators are, you know, they make comments that, you know, the dog is showing really well, and a lot of the handlers say that. Exactly. How would you describe a dog that shows well? What are the characteristics that would exemplify that? It's a presence. 
It's an attitude. First of all, they have to absolutely comply with what the breed standard requires. They have to be everything that that standard says that they should be. You know, I, I don't want to turn the show into touting my own dog because I love him and <laughs> that's all that matters. I think pretty much everybody who's seen James <laughs> But he has had an attitude. and in, in fact, I looked at his eight-week-old puppy temperament test video that we, we temperament test all our puppies when they're eight weeks old. And he really had the same attitude then that he has now, which is, I'm so proud and so upstanding. The head carriage is very high and, and proud. The fore chest comes out. It's just an overall presence. We've seen people in the public eye that when they walk onto a stage, it's like, oh, my goodness. They just right. have this essence and presence about them. And when you're in the best in show ring, each of the dogs within those seven groups are winners right. or they wouldn't be there. And, and they've gone that, through a lot to get there, most of they've them. They've gone through a lot to get there. And that particular evening, those seven dogs we have seen in the best in show ring virtually every weekend. And somebody different will come out the best in show winner each, right. and every, each and every time. And the big contender that particular evening was the um, Bill Cosby's dog, the Dandy Denmont. Oh, the Dandy Denmont, right. Correct. And in all the papers, he was reported to be the one that would probably win by a landslide. And we never did any big bragging or tons of advertising with James because I just don't believe in it, first of all. And um, I want him to win on his own merit. I don't want it to be with... Well, he certainly did that. somebody read a magazine. He certainly won on his own merit. I I watched that Westminster dog show. I watched that uh, best in show that night, and he was just magnificent. But I'll tell you, we're going to talk a little bit more. I'd like to talk, you know, about what is show quality and show prospects, you know, from a puppy for people that might want to get into dog showing, confirmation showing themselves. And we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. We're going to take a little break right now, and we'll be right back. ESPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network, will be right back with more exciting action and biting commentary right after this quick timeout. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. 
Get ready for game time with your DSPN host, Lori Williams. Welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. And today we're talking with Terry Patton of Felicity English Springer Spaniels. We're talking specifically about confirmation dog showing, what it takes to get your dog at center stage, in the ring, showing, representing their breed standard. What I wanted to talk a little bit more about today, Terry, is we all hear that uh, term show quality. I know a lot of people getting puppies, and I teach a lot of puppy classes, and I'll get people who say, you know, my puppy's a show quality puppy, my puppy's a pet quality puppy. And as a breeder, how do you separate within a litter the show quality puppies and the pet puppies? Well, it really all comes back to the breed standard again. Uh, Any good breeder should read that standard and know it by heart. You can literally, when puppies are first born, one of the first things that I look at while they're still wet, in fact, is their skeletal structure, which you can you can feel, you can see. Then you watch them grow up. You look for attitude because you can have a dog that represents your breed standard very well, and if their attitude and uh, personality is not there, you're not going to do that much winning. Cause, so you have to have what I call a total package. Right. They have to be smart, confident, without being overbearing, and above all else, they have to meet the breed standard. So we basically grow them up and don't make any decisions until they're about 8 to 12 weeks old. We temperament test them when they're 8 weeks, which is a 10-step test. It's fairly standardized, uh, but very good. We also use Pat Hastings' puppy puzzle testing procedure Mm -hmm. for, for confirmation where each item on the dog, for instance, the tail set, the head, the front, the rear, the top line, and so forth, gets a numerical value from one to five, five being the best. And whichever dog has the highest point value, according to Pat Hastings, is the, is the one that you should keep. I do it a little bit differently because of the bone structure. I actually feel the bones anatomically and you can see if a dog's angles in the front end are equal to the the angles in the rear end in Springer Spaniels. Uh-huh. So they're they're balanced. If they're balanced, they're going to move right. So when James was mm-hmm. a puppy, say 12 weeks old, did mm-hmm. you really have an idea that he, not that, of course, who knew that he was going to no. end up being the best in show at Westminster, <laughs> but could you tell at that point that, hmm, this puppy's worth holding on to, this puppy has something that I want to see? I how knew that, I knew that at eight weeks. Wow, After awesome. the temperament test, and I knew it, they are on the table being stacked, which is to get them to stand properly, since he was about five weeks old. Um, wow. So, so he almost just, had you. Just hello. for a few <laughs> seconds. Absolutely. Just for a few seconds so that they know how to stand appropriately. And we use a lot of string cheese and we want the puppies happy doing this. So the grading process, you can actually train these puppies to have a certain amount of proper temperament, if you will. Mm-hmm. We have mobiles that we hang over the whelping box so that they are taught that they can look up, not just out. Puppies that are st- that stay in whelping pens or in crates a lot, they tend to just look horizontally. Uh-huh. And if 
if you've ever watched any of his TV footage, he looks up. Right. Chandler. And in fact, when he goes around the ring, I had to, to laugh several times. I see him actually looking side to side at the audience like, hello, hello. <laughs> yes, hello, world. This is me. <laughs> hello. Thanks watching me. <laughs> but that comes from, as a puppy in our training center, whenever he would run around with a toy in his mouth, we applauded him, <laughs> as we do all of our dogs. Right. You probably do, too. Yay. Absolutely. And it's they love funny. it. It's they funny how it. they can get used to that applause, and they really are little hams, aren't they? Exactly. So you can do those kinds of things to encourage a puppy that already has what you think it's going to take and really cultivate it. And I think that's the key to getting that superstar performance is really cultivating something that's there naturally. And I think a lot of pet owners may have some superstars in their homes. Right. Um, but Well, let's the, talk about that cultivating or mm-hmm. slash training slash things that you can do to bring out that show, you know, that showiness and that that great attitude and presence that you're talking about. And specifically, I'd like to talk about what type of, of obedience or behaviors that you want to instill or cultivate in a young puppy to help them become a show dog. And let's just talk about the basics. What are some of the basic things that a puppy owner should work on in order to maybe cultivate that uh, possible show career? I actually define a superstar as not just a breed champion. I have other superstars here in my home, I and I always start with dog attention. Any dog that will not pay total and unequivocal, riveted attention, like Andrew did on, on TV, right. he's very devoted to you, and it's not just the devotion, it's eye contact, it's whatever you're going to do, I want to do kind of attitude, and we mm-hmm. start that as soon as they're able to go outside, not that that's required, but usually at about six weeks, five to six weeks, we start doing what I call taking a walk on the wild side, mm-hmm. which is uh, we have five acres and all of it is fenced, but we have fenced areas within that fence where we take walks so that they're on different surfaces, mm-hmm. um, different textures and things like that, and they have to walk alongside. I use the clicker to train my dogs. They get clicked and treated for walking beside, and we do the whole litter. We do the whole litter that way, so we can walk like a small herd of little puppies, and everybody gets a treat, (laughs) and people who come to see them are always amazed when I go, puppy, 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 everybody comes. Awesome. And, And quickly. So we start from that and get them to watch us in the face because a puppy that won't look at you in the face, you've got other issues that you're going to have to deal with. Absolutely. Hanging the mobiles to teach them to look up. We also do some puppy agility, which is not big jumps. It's Mm -hmm. just little tunnels that teaches them proprioception or body awareness. Right. And confidence, too. And confidence. We use little one-inch PVC pipe that, well, I guess they're about five feet long in a row so that they have to learn to pick up their feet, know where their feet are. So there are things like that that you could, there's many, many more things, but that's just a few of the things that you can do to cultivate a superstar. And that is 
in the breed ring, in the obedience ring, all of my dogs, if I'm going to use them for breed or not, start the same way. You know what, and I'm so glad you pointed that out, Terry, because no matter who I'm speaking with, what, no matter what dog sport or activity they participate in, almost all of them list attention as the number one thing. You know, you need that connection, that attention. That's something that, and, and you know what, even just for your family pet, that's something that's so important that I stress for just my basic family manners and puppy classes to get that attention from your dog. I say to people, you know what, if your dog's looking at you, <laughs> they're not going to be looking at other things that could get them into trouble. So, And along that line, Lori, make yourself someone the dogs want to that's, look at and be There you with. go. There you go. Um, I know. I was willing to go on national television and make a fool out of myself. <laughs> make a fool out of yourself in your living room. Whatever will get your dog to look but at you. But you didn't. What happened is I always tell my students that if I'm having such a good time with my dog that you start to smile, then I'm <laughs> doing it right. There you go. And that's what you did. I mean, it, it was you know, it was great to watch. And that's what you want to have happen when you're training your dog. If you start smiling, you're having a good time, then whether you're screwing it up or not, you're having <laughs> a good time. And you can always fix it. I think that anytime people use force or any kind of anger, dogs don't understand emotion like anger and, and things like that. They yeah. shut down. They want to get away. Right. And, you know, they're very good barometers of, am I doing this right or not? They reflect pretty much everything. They reflect our mm -hmm. attitude. And you know what? No matter how you try to hide it from them, they can pick up on it. They're so mm -hmm. good at doing that. Now, you know, I wanted to, you know, maybe talk a little bit more about Westminster. I mean, it looks so sure. magnificent on television. And I have to say, I've never been to Westminster. So it's something that I always want you to go to. You have to go. You have to go. I showed one of my own dogs years ago. Champion Felicity's Halo Dolly, when you could take any any dog there that you could, you know, just you didn't have to be a champion. And she was winner's bitch, which was magnificent for me because I was her breeder and her owner and her handler, which makes it very special if you can do it yourself. Sure. But it's very intense. If your dog is not what I call bomb-proof, which means mm -hmm. they can handle TV cameras, bright, I intense lights, when James the was there, oh, the crowd, actually the crowd is not the worst of it. It's the lights and the cameras, uh -huh. and there are big TV cameras on overhead booms that move all over the place. There's TV cameras on other booms that are at floor level, so they actually look at the dogs that they're walking in, and it can spook any normal dog, let me tell you, right. because I looked at that going on and thought, how in the world? Can they keep their composure? Because how do you train for that? Absolutely. You, you don't. You just have to have a dog that's confident and pretty unflappable. But it's pretty intense. It's very well protected. If you don't have the right armband, and it's a wristband, <laughs> like you go to a concert, you can't get in. And they're very, very strict about who gets onto the floor of Westminster and who doesn't. It's a bench show, which requires the dog. I'm glad to you stay. brought that up. I wanted to right. talk about that. They have to stay on the benching area from the opening of the show until I forget what the time is in the evening. But it makes for a long day. 
the benched area, that's where the dog is groomed and crated. And, and that's mainly for people to be able to come by and actually see the different breeds of dogs and the, you know, the different dogs. Correct. And a lot of the grooming can take place in other areas as well. Uh-huh. If a handler, for example, has other dogs that they're showing that are not of the same breed, most of the breeds are together, then they can be benched somewhere else. But it goes back to the days of having the dogs there for the public to view, and the public needs to be aware that, you know, you don't stick your fingers in the dog's crate, and, you know, you always ask before you touch and things like that. It's just Which is what people should do all the time. Dog show etiquette. Yeah, be it benched or not benched. I'll tell you, James, he must have mm -hmm. done really great with all those distractions. I mean, when he was out there on the floor, you would have never known that it was crazy like that <laughs> back in the uh, bench area. <laughs> I mean, he well, acted if, like one of the was things that, that nothing was going to go on there that would bother him. One of the things that, that you do when you're training your dog, whether it's James or, or any dog, mm-hmm. is to teach them that their crate is a safe harbor. I, it's a place where you can decompress and relax. And that's why he's unflapped by any of the other stuff. He, When he hits his crate, he has a big frog pillow. It's a big round pillow, and it's green, and oh. it's, we're on our third one. <laughs> and, but, and you know what? Are you like me where you have to make sure you have, like, plenty of them stashed for emergency purposes in case <laughs> one get, you know, because God forbid that it gets ruined and then you can't find them anymore or they stop yes, making that is, them. that is true. <laughs> When he goes in that crate, he relaxes, and then when he comes out, it's he's on. See, and that's great because he got his rest and his downtime, and then when he's ready to go, boy, does he ever go. Now, I did want to talk about James. James is retired from confirmation showing right now, correct? James is retired from confirmation showing, but he is hardly retired. Exactly, and that's what I wanted you to let people know. What is life like after retirement for a great a dog like James? Well, James started as a puppy when he was seven months old, going to nursing homes, particularly Alzheimer's units, and visiting those special people. And we worked on his CD or his first level obedience title and mm-hmm. did some agility. And then Kelly Fitzgerald came to us and asked if she could campaign him, which we weren't sure we wanted to do because you have to basically give your dog up for two years. Right, and that's hard. Since he was three and a half when he finished his championship, he finished it in three days. Wow. I know, days, (laughs) not months, with three five-point majors. And then because I wanted to wait until I felt that he was mentally ready, not just physically ready. Right. And we had other things to do, which I thought were, quite frankly, more important than a championship. Sure. <laughs> um, and after thinking about it, uh, we said that if we couldn't do it financially, that it wouldn't be done. And so we, uh, my husband was gracious enough to, to say yes, and we sacrificed some other things, vacations and things like that. <laughs> but that's okay. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and, and that's what we did. It can get expensive showing oh. a dog. I mean, there's entry fees, and you mentioned that's that. That's the least of it. It's paying your handler. <laughs> yes, the handler. Paying for what little advertising you do if you fly right. them anywhere and, and, and all of that. Yeah. But One of the things that really 
strikes me when I go to the larger confirmation shows is how many people are involved in that sport. And it truly is a sport. And that's one of the reasons why when people kind of dismiss it as being beauty pageants, you know, I get that it's me a little bit because so much goes into the preparation and preparing a dog, the training. And then, as you said, you know, campaigning a dog, which basically means your dog going around the country to as many shows and getting out there because quite frankly you do you want your dog to be known yeah it's not a beauty pageant it's like having an athlete and exactly I, i didn't really thoroughly answer your question about his retirement but it does tie into and come full circle with with all of this james since his retirement has finished four rally titles an rn ra re which is a rally excellent title he has nine of ten double qualifications that he needs for his RAE, mm-hmm. and he has completed his Delta Pet Partner certification. And, um, Except the, for his therapy dog. Correct. And he has been working exclusively with uh, Ronald McDonald House with a cancer center up in New York at Sloan Kettering, and we're going to try and start a new chapter of Angel on a Leash at a Nova Fairfax hospital oh, wow. uh, very soon. And Dang. yes, and he has visited the Children's Hospital in Hershey, Pennsylvania, their oncology unit there. And he was selected as one of 20 celebrities for Alzheimer's awareness. And he still is one of their 20 celebrities for Alzheimer's awareness. So we make a lot of Memory walks, he has raised nearly $4,000 for Alzheimer's. So he's a busy man, and wherever he can do some good, if it's raising money for for Springer Rescue or for any other, we do a lot of no-kill shelter mm-hmm. promotional work to raise money for them by having him sign, his doing his pawtograph. Yes. <laughs> yes, all these uh, sound anything, familiar to me. <laughs> Yes, anything that he can do or that we can do to raise awareness for these diseases, the, the cancer with the, the children and for adults and their, their families also need support. And just by being there, I've seen it many times, you'll see a parent start to stroke him and they're talking about a bad lab report that they got back and they just start to, you know, their demeanor changes from oh, frantic to a little more soothed. So it's that's great. a superstar, and anybody's dog can do that. You know, I'll tell you, the fact that James is still doing these things, a rally obedience competition, and then, you know, come on, therapy dog work is, you know, arguably that's one of the best things that you could do with your dog and your dog giving back and you sharing the love that your dog can, you know, has for you with other people. You know, the fact that he's doing all these things and accomplishing so much post his show career really demonstrates that it's so much more than what people see on the screen when they're watching. You know, what I really do, I urge our listeners to go to some local dog shows and, and, you know, get up close and personal and watch. Watch the handlers. Watch the breeder owners handlers, which is what they'll see more often than not at the local shows. And, you know, kind of learn it from that point and... You know, it's just such a wonderful way of a dog representing its breed. And I think you, Terry, what you've done with James postage your career really exemplifies, you know, a great pet parent. You're still continuing to share 
James, and you're definitely to be congratulated for that. I, I really want to thank you so much for being on with us today. And you know what? Hey, so let's um, get your information out there. Where can people find you, find James, find out more about what's going on? What you, do you have a website that we they can, can let go to www.felicityenglishspringerspringers.com. Our okay. email address is clickerfun at AOL.com, and all of the information is on there, phone numbers, address, and so forth. And we will start up classes and so forth after the first of the year. We've taken through the end of the year off because we've done a lot of traveling this year, and will next year, too. James has been asked to come back to Westminster again in 2009. Wow. Um, yeah, to do some some more work. So we're hoping that there's a visit at Ronald McDonald House in there for us as well. Well, thank you so much, Terry, for, you know, well, letting you. our listeners know what's going on in the dog show world. And, you know, I hope to have you back again. Um, I really appreciate it. And yeah, we're going to have your information listed on the Pet Life Radio website as well. So everybody, go to a local dog show, learn a little bit more about what's going on. And what's really neat about it is even at the local dog shows, you will see the stars like James who are there for the day showing because they do local dog shows as well as the big ones on television. But thank you so much, Terry Patton, for being with us today. And thank you, guys. Thank Thank everybody for listening to DSPN. We will see you all next time. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From speed drawing and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.